You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Birdo. Um, as you can tell, Eric isn't uh, isn't with me today, so I'll be riding solo. My first actual episode, but it, I'm sure it'll be the same because I'm always the one talking anyway. So today I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about. I kind of wanted to look back at something that uh, that I talked about a while ago. Really, a person. Basically, it was a story. I mean, for people that have been listening, it was it was a story about a <clears throat> a Miller Brewing executive that that got killed. You know, I explained that the. You know the guy who who was charged with it and and convicted on it. That really he had been in prison his whole life, in some sort of confinement. You know he was in in juvenile. I mean literally at thirteen, I think he got his first gun charge and and went to Wales. So <clears throat> you know somebody who had been in and out of the system his whole life. And you know I didn't I didn't I can't say I knew him like super. Like on a personal level, the, the weird part is I knew him for a long time, but he was kind of uh, he he kind of kept his his personal life to himself, you know. But but we hung out. The first time I ever really like hung out with him, he uh, he was trying to be from Twenty Third Street, so he was a future, and. Um, he came around, he would come around 19th Street too. He was kind of like one of those guys that was like, he would just pop up places. It was weird. He was a young kid, but, but he would just, he would just pop up around, around the, around the fellas and, and, uh, which was cool, you know, cause it wasn't like he was, he wasn't, you know, with it, you know, he, so, you know, that's when I met him and I remember, <laughs> I, I've told the story too. I remember one time where he accidentally shot two with this, with this gun and um, and it just so happened to be the gun that he ended up getting caught with that sent him to Wales. And simultaneously, I guess it was a gun that actually belonged to Tommy Guns, and Tommy Guns let him hold it, and he got caught with it. And and Tommy Tommy was actually saying that he stole it from him, and so. Um, there was a lot of drama around that, but anyways, I mean, the point of me talking about this this guy, man, is is uh, we called him Weddle at the at that time. Oh, everybody called him Weddle, not not we. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he ended up like changed his name to Wicked. I think he became he became two three later in life. But but anyways, my point of talking about him, man, is is I. You know he he tries to um, you know he tries his hardest to to be you know in the real world you know he's got life in prison and um, so you know he's got like his own social media page somebody's obviously helping him with it and 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 so he he had you know somebody posted a post that he wrote basically and uh, <clears throat> you know it was just it was it was. I mean, I'm going to read it, you know, but to me, it was like, you know, it was really, really eye opening, man. Like just, uh, 
you know, the shit we talk about day in and day out on the show, um, you know, about how people need to, or specifically the younger younger crowd need to, to to stray from the lifestyle and you know just trying to trying to get it through like man there's really no glory at the end of it and <clears throat> you know you can only beat a dead horse so long you know but but in this post it was it, it came to life you know it it really came to life even more so for me man because you know I, I'm blessed you know I got a second chance in life. And, you know, that might not be fair to, to, to some people. And I understand that. But, you know, there's a lot of people who also have second chances in life and they don't really take advantage of them. And, um, you know, and then there's some people who don't get second chances. And, you know, this dude, Weddle, man, he's not going to get a second chance, you know, from the way things are looking, you know. Um, obviously, you know, I pray that if he has some sort of, you know, appeal in or something that something could happen for him, you know, I pray that for him, you know, cause I, I don't wish that I wouldn't wish dying in a prison cell my worst enemy. That's the worst death you could possibly have. It's a slow, painful death. And so, uh, <clears throat> just, uh, you know, it's sad, man, to think about, but, I'll read it, and then, you know, obviously I'll share how I felt about it. <clears throat> this was December 27th of 2023. He said, happy birthday to me. This year, I want to send a message to all the young men out there. There is so much more to life than being cool, than being down. 18 birthdays later, and most of the world forgot about me. The same ninjas I was trying to impress have lives and kids, and I never even got to enjoy. This ain't no life. This is torture. To all the young men out there, do better, know better. The streets don't love nobody. 16 years down, forever to go. You know, that... You know, that state, I, I can imagine how, you know, when he wrote that, you know, how, uh, <clears throat> you know, how it felt in his heart, you know. Um, you know, I, I can never quantify that feeling. Like, I can never try to, um, I, I know what it's felt like to, to be facing life in prison. I know what that felt like, you know. I know what it felt like to be, you know, um, past level 43 on the federal sentencing guidelines, which is past life. You know, I, I know what that felt like, you know, but I never knew what it felt like to have a life sentence. You know, that's a feeling that, um, I can't, I can't even begin to try to, um, say, I, I know what that would be like. Obviously I know people that feel like that have felt like that. And so I know when he wrote that, man, like that came from a real spot, like that came from a real a real place of almost contentment. You know, he resigned to the fact like that's where he's going to die, you know, and uh, I think that's the harshest penalty any person can suffer. 
And, you know, he, he went on to say, um, he went on to say, if any youngins need a mentor or just somebody to vent to, you know, um, that you can, that they can write them, um, <clears throat> write them a letter and talk to them. And, um, you know, because this is public, and I'm sure he wanted this public because I'm because he had this on a public profile page. Um, I'll read his name. I'll read his his uh, his information if anybody wants to to hit him up. You know, what I mean, um, if if anybody's looking to have a, a kid, you know, or somebody they feel like is really heading down the track, they shouldn't be. You know, this is a prime example of somebody who obviously lives in deep regret, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd probably be somebody who would have a strong message. But anyways, so his name's Miguel Ayala. Uh, A-Y-A-L-A is the last name. And his his, uh, his registration number would be 412-235. He's in Fox Lake Correctional Institution, P.O. Box 189. I don't know why. It should say Portage, Wisconsin. I mean, it should say would should say Fox Lake, Wisconsin or something. I don't know. It's got it's got the uh it's got the wrong it says Phoenix, Maryland or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Um I guess I'll have to if anybody knows Fox Lake Correction, you you can get that address. Because the address I have here is is as far as the um, what it has for the address and the, the zip code. I'm not trusting that. So yeah, if any, you know, Fox Lake, you know, he's a Wisconsin inmate, so he wouldn't be hard to find, but, um, yeah, man, just, just really, just really a prime example of, of what we talk about, man. Somebody that gave their life up, uh, for this shit. To be fair, you know, um, to be fair, even, it's crazy as it sounds, but to be fair to the organization, you know, that he was representing, because like I said, he did end up becoming Deuce Trey. He ended up becoming from 23rd Street um, when he uh, when he got out. So crazy story, right? Like we were together, man, in in Wales and, you know, I had the house up there. Right. So I was the Inca and he was always um, a, a future. He, he never was a made member. And so when I got up there, man, you know, I seen him, I just told him like, you know, like, like you can still hang around, you know, like you still get, you still get like, cause that's how it works, you know, like putting in, you know, like standing up for the nation and, and when you're locked up is as important as it is on the street, you know? And so if he was going to, you know, I just basically had the conversation with him, like if he was going to ride for it, then yeah, that's going to go towards his you know, like his, his chances at being the king. And so anyways, I would hang around with him a little bit and then he ended up getting out really fast. Right. And then came back even faster. Like literally, man, I think, I think he got out and was back within like two months max. And he caught a fresh case. He came back with, um, a strong arm robbery case, I think it was. And he had three to five years, which was the max sentence for a serious juvenile offender, the SJO. That's what they called it. And um, 
so the the mandatory minimum is three years, so they can hold him up to three years. And obviously, they can let you go before them. But considering his, you know, his past, he had just got out, and and you got to think, even if it was like two months, that means that he had been in in DT for a month already, maybe less or maybe more. I mean, because you know it's going to take some time to be processed through the 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 system. You know, meaning to see a judge, to have a hearing, to get convicted, and whatever you know, and then get uh, sentenced, you know, I imagine he took a plea. And so just think like he could have been out days, a week, you know, and then right back. And so anyways, when he came back, he was, a he told me he was an unknown. And so, um, <clears throat> you got to remember at this time, like we were already, we were already kind of at war a little bit with them guys. And now it had died down. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to call it a war. That was just, that's a stupid way to say it because it wasn't even a war. It was like like a little bit of a riff, a couple of shootings. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, but anyways, we weren't friendly with him. And so I let him know, well, listen, like, like I know him. You know, I told him like, what? Or like, I know you. And I guess he was, yeah, he was still what at this time. And um, he just told me like, well... I just told him like, well, bro, like, like we can't kick it, you know, like, like whatever, like we're not going to bang on him, but we can't kick it, you know? And he was just like, oh, I didn't like that. You know, I had, and basically just told me he was kind of falling out with them guys and that he wanted to start hanging with the fellas again. And so I'm like, all right, well, whatever, that's cool. Like, you know, however you want to do it. Like, I'm cool. Like we were always cool with each other. And then his brother was there at that time and I was cool with his brother. And so anyways, that was kind of the gist of our relationship. Like we were cool in Wales for a while, you know, and then uh, I had got out. Right. And then I came back and what an idiot I was. Right. I was out for uh, a month and a half at best. Right. Maybe two months. <clears throat> and I came back. We ended up in the same in the same uh, cottage together. We ended up in Marquette together and Marquette turned into like a, it was weird. It was like supposedly like a older, like a, like an older uh, guy cottage, you know, like more um, quote unquote, like mature, like some, like going clo close to going home, but at the same time, like already, you know, graduated, um, works all day kind of deal doesn't go to school because Wales is primarily, you know, kids going to school, but I had graduated and all that. And so, um, we ended up being cellies and, uh, the crazy part is he was with me. He was my celly when my dad died. Like, I just remember like kicking it with him, you know, talking to him and like, he was a good, like he was a support system, man. And I'll never forget that. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a, because that was a hard time for me. Like that was a devastating time for me. And I even got to go to the funeral from, from Wales, but you know, I had to come back and obviously like, you know, he, he just, he knew how to give me the right amount of space, but at the same time, talk to me and, um, just super cool dude, man. And then, and then, um, and then I got out again and he was still in. And this, this time when I got out, it was, uh, trying to think this time when I got out I was out for two days I was out for a day and a half 
and we got raided. I was on a bracelet and uh, I ended up going back. And then I was, you know, discharged shortly after that. And when I discharged, I was out for them whatever couple months. Meanwhile, this whole time, Weddle was never out. And so when we got indicted, then he got out. So we got indicted in October. We got indicted in October of 05. I don't recall what year his the case happened with the Miller executive. But I just know he wasn't out that long. And then that happened, you know. And basically, he's been gone his whole life. Um, you know, so for so for to be fair to the to the guys, you know, that case, it wasn't about anything gang related. You know what I'm saying? That was going to be my point. Like, to be fair to them, like <clears throat> it wasn't anything gang related. You know, it was something that he was doing on his own. It was a robbery gone wrong. Um, with that being said, that's the lifestyle you live as that though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what it is. Like you take what you, what you want, you know, in your mind, in his mind, he probably thought like, that's really what he was doing. Um, you're, you're just, your, your, your thought process is so distorted, man. I, and then, you know, like not for nothing, like what he grew up in, like a facility, you know? So it's just, it, it, man, it's, it's hard to, um, to make that transition and be like productive mentally, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just easy to be like toxic and lost and loose. And, um, especially when you're young, like it's, there's no, that that whole yeah you got a conscious but it's it's not really developed like you're you don't understand shit and you know the gravity of something is never is you can never weigh it that young in life man you know 13 14 15 like i can't even try to like have that thought process you're so you're so young and he was you know, now when he committed, obviously the murder, he was in, he was an adult. You know, um, there's no denying that. You know, but at that point in his life, obviously he was he was down a path, and so that is what it is. You know, you know, all I can say is, you know, a guy like that, man, you wanna you, you just wanna say your you know say a prayer for him, man, because you know he took it on the chin and it's over with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how much, and it's, it's none of my business no more, obviously, but, you know, I don't know how much, you know, the you think the guys are looking out for, for him. You know, you think the guys are looking out for his family. Uh, probably not. Probably not. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I had with him, man. And, uh, you know, moving on to something else, I had, uh, I had some other questions that, that were asked to me. Um, I don't know. I can get to a couple. I could probably get to a couple and, and go through it pretty fast. Um, but I had just, you know, people that were wondering, asking a couple questions here and there, just random questions, nothing specific or pointed. And um, so I'll do, <clears throat> I'll do my best to answer them. I guess there, this first one, maybe it was a little condescending. I don't know if it was, if it was like a shot at me. 
or something, but I'm going to answer it truthfully just because that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, I'd read, how much time would you have done to keep a stand-up name? Meaning, how much time would I have done to not obviously go down the road that I did, right, and cooperate? All right, so... If the question, if the if the questioner is being a dick, um, I really don't care because it's actually a good question. Uh, and so let me explain. When I first, uh, when we first got, you know, obviously we got charged and all that shit, and um, you know we're doing our thing. We're in the jail, you know. We're standing up. We ain't ain't nobody saying nothing. You know. During that time, man, I remember telling my brother, telling, um, you know, to just saying, hey, listen, like, fuck, like, I'll take 20, 25, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, you know, when we got our discovery, I was confident about our case. You know, I was confident about my cases that I... You know, I was charged with a murder I clearly didn't do. I, I, I was charged with, you know, crimes that I wasn't the shooter. And so in my mind, even though that there was points were irrelevant, right? Except for the first one, obviously. The, the murder I didn't do, they, you know, that was a loss for them. But, you know, the other charges, like, I'm still, I was still a part of the other charges. And so anyways, in my mind, I was like, man, they're stabbing in the dark. They got nothing, right? So... And when I seen the discovery, I went through all the discovery and I knew that guys got us and they cooperated on us and it was over with. You know, I knew that the guys that were cooperating knew everything. You know what I'm saying? They knew they were there for everything. You know, that's why, um, you know, a lot of people that are pointing the finger and judging about guys cooperating, well, they didn't know. They didn't know everything. They didn't know the, the reality of really what we were, what we were doing, you know, because they were in the house somewhere. You know, they were, they were on, you know, they weren't, they weren't in the street with us. And so we knew what the reality was. When I, when I figured out who the cooperators were, I knew it was, it was over with. I knew one, if not both, I knew one by himself would, would bury me, you know, and that was Lauren and, and everybody else, he was involved in everything, you know? And so, um, you know, once once I seen all that and I realized it, I was like, all right, well, now I really got to take a plea, right? At that point, at that point, I didn't think about cooperating. I just thought about taking a plea. And um, I remember having to visit my lawyer, tell him, yo, like, what's up, man? Like, you think you can give me 20? And he, like, laughed at me. He was like, Pfft. and I was like, what? And I was like, what about 25? And he was like, mm-mm, you know, shook his head no. And I go, 30? Like, almost like, are you crazy? And I'm like, 30? And he's like, listen, man, there's no there's no offer on the table for you. And I'm like, what does that mean? And he goes like, they're going to force you to trial. He's like, you're, you guys are the example. You're not the... You guys aren't the the throwaways. 
You know what I mean? And I had to think about that. I'm like, hold up. Like, like, all right. So they want to make example of us, you know? And, um, you know, so I was willing to, I was willing to take 25 years. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, I think after that, I started to feel like, damn, man, like, you know, obviously betrayed. Um, and, you know, and then I went into this whole thought process about, you know, my brother and Toot and all of us. And so, um, yeah, so to answer that question, that's a roundabout way of saying probably I, mean, I, would, I was going to do about 25, you know, like that would have been right for me. I felt like that would have been fair. Um, but <clears throat> I still ended up doing, you know, 17. Um, the next question is... Who was the most influential king you were around? So now this is a tricky question because technically the most influential king that I was around was my brother. Hands down, it was Tim. And it was just because my brother was such a, like a solid guy. Like he was just, he was just, he was respected. He was known. He was, you know, he was usually on the right side of things. You know, like there was, there would be shit that would break bad. You know, there'd be, there'd be sticky situations in the nation and usually my brother fell on the right side of them, you know? And so, yeah, there's times where he was, he was, he wasn't, but, but for the, for the most part he was. And so, um, and then the fact that he was my brother, he was, I always looked up to him. And so, yeah, that was my most influential King. I mean, I guess that's a cop out. <clears throat> if I had to go with somebody that was not my brother, <laughs> that's a, that's a hard, it's a hard question, man. It really is because, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of ways to be influential. You know, I guess mo all around, I'll, I might, I'd probably say boy. You know, just because, um, just because, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was a guy who, who was at, you know, the upper end of the, the spectrum in the, in the organization, but he still, he still was in the trenches, you know, with the, with the, with the guys, you know what I mean? Like with the, with the young guys, you know, and like, and, um, he just, to us, he had a wealth of knowledge, you know, and he was just one of them dudes. And he was, and he is, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was one of them dudes, man. Like, you just knew no matter what, like, where he was, he was going to get money, you know, and he was going to be, he, he was a thinker, you know what I'm saying? As far as, you know, just knowing what to do, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't allow us to overreact to a lot of situations. <clears throat> he was a level head, he was level headed, but, you know, but he would still, you know, he would still be okay with the violence, you know? And so I think, I think, you know, because, especially because of the name, you know, like you got to remember, like, um, he's around, right. And we're out and we're having, we're having meetings. We're having, yeah, we're having meetings and he's not there. You know why? Because he's above the Inca. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so for us, it was like, 
you know, it was like having somebody that was like really like that dude around us, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I'd have to give it to him, you know? <clears throat> um, and then the last one that was, who did you respect or look up to most? Um, so I think I kind of answered that with, you know, with, uh, you know, with Tim, you know, it, it was just, it was just, you know, it was just natural because it was like that since, since I was a kid, you know, and I felt like that was also like a driving force too. And it kind of put me in, a, in my mind, it put me, um, in the mentality of having to prove myself more, you know, and because I didn't want to be a shadow brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to be like one of those dudes that was just in the shadow, you know, of his brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to stand out. And so the person that Tim was, man, it set a high bar. The precedent was, you know, man, I had to, I had to try to overachieve. And so, you know, I did a lot of stupid shit because of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thinking that it was um, proving something. Um, but yeah, I think it motivated me too, you know, to, to try to be, to try to be more, um, known and respected. Um, so that's how I look up, you know, and there, there's guys, man, that, that, you know, that, that earned my respect based on how they carry themselves, you know, within the organization and within, you know, their own, like their own style as a person, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, there's guys who, who garnered that, you know, like two, he just, he got that, you know what I'm saying? Just how he was, you know, as a, as a man, as a person, you know what I'm saying? Snuff, you know what I mean? Like the, the, you know, these are guys that I looked at like that, like, all right, like we're on the same level, like, you know, the, 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 the playing field is level, meaning like I know whichever route I have to take, he's willing to take it with me or vice versa. And, you know, that means a lot because you can't really, you can't say that about everybody, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, um, <clears throat> those are some of the most, you know what I mean? Like you put those guys up there. Um, so, that's basically what I got today. Um, it's, a, it's a shorter episode. I understand that. Uh, but I'm riding solo today. Eric's not here to bounce at least one or two questions off me. It's usually what I get from him. Um, but uh, we, I had to cut it close to get this episode out, to be honest with you. Um, our schedules are not in sync right now. And, you know, I got a crazy schedule with work and school and, um, you know, just a lot of things I have going on. And so, you know, if I can't sync up with Eric on a day, sometimes we're behind, but I didn't want to leave you guys to go a week without any, any kind of, any kind of content, you know, I wanted to be able to, <clears throat> you know, at least talk about this. Cause it's been, you know, it's been on my mind thinking about it. And so, uh, yeah, I wanted to, to come on for that. And um, also just to, to, you know, make sure you guys know, like, this is still important to me. This this platform is still important to me. Um, 
you know, like I said, I, I feel like there's a lot of good things to come. Um, right now we're just kind of in a, in a wonky stage of, of timing and, and, um, um, you know, technical difficulties with some of our equipment. And so, um, there's been a lot of that going on, but just trust me behind the scenes. Um, I definitely am trying to, you know, to step it up and, and, and bring you guys some more, not just more stories, but, you know, definitely more inspiration, you know, people that have been through a lot of shit in their life and, um, have been able to turn it around. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working on that and, and I am bringing that. And, um, I just thank everybody for, for tuning in and, and being with me, riding with me. Um, and I'll hear you. I'll see you guys again. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.